Hi, and welcome to another episode of Raising His Kids, a podcast for stepmoms. We're your hosts. I'm Lauren, a child-free stepmom of one, hoping for an hour's baby soon. And I'm Tony, a bio mom of two and a stepmom of two. We are two stepmoms who, although we live at opposite ends of the world, quickly bonded over how we all deal with the same Karen as we navigate our lives raising his kids. Okay, so let's just jump straight into it before we have baby tears and toddler tantrums. (laughs) Yeah, sounds good. All right, so we put a poll out to our listeners and it was, what do you want us to talk about, jealousy or finances? And majority came in at finances. I do think jealousy will be a good episode in the future, but for now it's finances. We can do jealousy next. Yeah, (laughs) I have a lot to say about that one. Me too. Did you want to start us off by talking about how you and your husband split finances in your blended family? Sure. So we um, obviously, before we moved in together, we didn't split finances or we didn't really share finances at all. Um, But Mm -hmm. we moved in together before we'd been together for a year. So we started combining finances a little early. So we made a bank account that um, is for both of us and we both send our bills to, but we only use it for bills. Uh, We always keep our separate our own separate accounts, which I'm big on always having my own bank account because I've seen financial abuse in my parents' marriage. And I've also been in a relationship where that was present. So I will never not have my own bank account. Even if I was a stay-at-home mom, I would like insist that some money be my own, (laughs) Um, which might sound crazy, but it doesn't sound crazy. (laughs) And when we touch on how my husband and I split finances, I'll just let you all know now, that's one thing that I really struggle with, not having my own money. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. That's gotta be really hard. Yeah. Um, so that's what we do right now. And in the beginning he made way more money than me. So when we, so we would just put money into this account every week and every other week when we had his son, um, he would put a little extra into the account to counteract like the groceries and all the stuff that we needed for him. But now, um, our pay is much more equal. So it's, we contribute the exact same amount every week. Um, the main reason that we don't put any more into that account except for bills is because mm-hmm. in our state, any account that has his name on it is used for child mm-hmm. support. So if that's how my income would like, we would have to pay more because my income would then be his money because his name is on the account and that would go towards child support. And we already pay more than we can afford. (laughs) I've heard that, that in the States, like joint bank accounts, or even in some States, if you're legally married, then the spouse's income is taken into consideration with child support. Yeah, that's like, there are loopholes for like the legally married thing. Overall, that's not the case. Uh, I do want to say that because I know a lot of people have questions about that. But like, if you, if your husband stayed home, then, and you were legally married, then you would have to pay child support. Or if he lost his job and you were supporting him, stuff like that. But for the Mm -hmm. most part in the US, marriage does not mean that your money will go through child support unless you do joint bank accounts. Yeah. So you just don't put his name on on any of your accounts. (laughs) I might just jump in and speak for our Aussie listeners that when my husband and I went through court, Karen tried to incorporate the kids' expenses and our solicitor shut her down because she would have to put in a separate claim to take us to court for child support, which Mm -hmm. that is the only case in where the spouse's income comes into consideration. 
So if I was working at the time when we went to court and she'd taken us to court for child support, then the judge could legally go the household income. But if they took mine and my husband's household income, then it would take her and her husband's household income to work out the child support. But the child support agency and when it comes to tax, because I actually had coffee with a stepmom friend today and she was asking me this about if, so her and her spouse don't declare that they're in a relationship on their tax returns because they were worried about it coming back to bite them in the ass for child support. And I said, no, you're what? actually better off doing it because yeah. here in Australia, you can legally claim your stepkids on your tax return. Can you really? Yeah. So we don't really get money back, but it helps us with like our Medicare um, rebate and if you have private health insurance. So I only worked that out this year and I clarified with an accountant because I had previously only been claiming my two biological kids on my tax return and I was only claiming my husband's three biological kids on his tax return. And I was, yeah, I double checked with the ATO and with an accountant and yeah, you can claim. So this year we've claimed all four kids each. Oh, okay. That's um, cool. It is cool. It, we don't get money back for it, but it helps us with like the Medicare part of it. So right, it's a yeah. Bonus. Um, My husband doesn't even get to um, have his son as a dependent on his tax return because they like worked it out in the beginning where she always got it no matter what, which is stupid. My husband wouldn't have signed anything because he just wanted to be able to sign or see his kid. So yeah. she like put all these little stupid things in there that are just so petty and annoying like she knew they really are and like i've spoken to a lot of people in the states and in canada where it's the same thing like only one parent can claim so it would make sense that at least at the very least you're about right right yeah that's what he wanted and we tried to do that when we just went back to like redo everything but it wasn't happening it wasn't worth the fight really so right it's back to picking our battles so exactly we were there for custody and that's what we were working on so we just focused on that yeah, but anyway, I get it. That's off topic. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's basically all how we split everything. So now everything is 50-50. But I do want to say if especially if it's going to be a financial burden on you, I don't think that it's necessary for the step parent to contribute 50%. If even if you just don't want to, technically it's not irresponsibility. And if it's going to put a financial mm-hmm. burden on you, I definitely think you should not do that. Absolutely. And I actually responded to some of our listener responses by message today because I was like, I feel like you deserve to just get an individual response rather than waiting to hear this episode. And that was exactly it. I guess I should talk about how my husband and I split finances. So we, when we moved in together, it was when we purchased a house together. So once we made the decision that we were going to purchase a house together, we combined our savings into a high interest account and used that as our deposit to purchase our house. So from the point that we moved in together, I was working. So my money was my money. His money was his money. My child support that I receive is big case money. So that was used for not his day-to-day expenses, but uh, school uniforms, excursions, medical, dental, anything that he needs over and above being fed or clothed or, you know, large birthday presents. Like one year I wanted to get him a scooter and I wanted to buy him a good scooter because the other boys had scooters. So I took the money from that account to buy it because it was a larger amount. That makes Um, sense. So that that's his money. It always has been his money. Yes, we've used it to bail ourselves out of climbing credit card debt, but then 
we always put the money back in there so that we know that the money's there because we've already been told that he's going to need braces, which doesn't surprise me because his father needed braces. So it doesn't surprise me at all. Um, I recently got told that he is going to need to be fitted for a night guard because he grinds his teeth in his sleep. And I'm like, Yep, well, I'm going to have to do that because otherwise he's going to be like me because I'm about to get half my teeth redone, almost $10,000 worth of work done over the oh next couple God. of weeks because I've grind, like I've ground my teeth so badly that I've damaged my teeth. Me too. I can't believe that. I hate talking about it because it's like embarrassing kind of, but. It is embarrassing, um, but it's real life, right? Yeah, it is. I'm like, I've never been able to break the habit. No. So, you know, these are already expenses that I'm well prepared of. And like when he goes to high school, he's going to need a laptop and what all these other things. Yeah. Cause That's in crazy. high school, he, the, the kids don't use pen and paper anymore. They use a laptop or it's an iPad. So okay. these are all expenses that he's going to need. So I bank the money so that it doesn't come out of our day-to-day expenses. And we've continued to do that, especially now that I'm not working. Yeah, that makes sense because that way it still goes to him and what he needs, but you have more control over where it goes. Absolutely. And, you know, if he needs new shoes for school because here in Australia we have uniforms, so like it goes to all that expense, his books, his uniforms, everything he needs is where it goes. And I said before how I really struggle with not having my own money. And that's where I do my little side hustles with my like internet surveys and all of that sort of thing, just to give me a little bit of money to have a little bit of financial freedom. And it's not that my husband is controlling. It is that I have in the past been in relationships that had financial abuse where my money was always their money and their money was their money. Yes, exactly. And in the relationship I was in before I was with Big K's father, my dad had said to me, because I was 23 and about to declare bankruptcy. I was in I was in a hole. I managed to get myself out of it without declaring bankruptcy. But my dad said to me, this is why you need to have your own bank account. And he said to me, I was in a marriage and I was left and I was left with the children and I was left with the debt. And if I was not the working adult, the working person, he he said he would have been screwed. Right. He's like, and I never want to see you in that position especially not again. Like I was lucky. I was able to move back into my parents. I didn't have kids. I worked my ass off to pay the debts without going bankrupt. You know, I got myself in a great position and look in four years later, I was able to, or five years later, I was able to buy a house. Right. So, but that, that came from hard work and working my ass off and managing my money a lot better. So now that I'm in the situation where I don't have a job and I don't have an income, I really struggle not having my own bank account. But at the same time, I'm not with a financially abusive person. So, you know, I can spend money on, like, if I want to go get my nails done, my husband's not going to flip out about it. But at the same time, I'm like, we're living on a budget. So I'm going to choose to do my nails at home, you know, little, little things like that. And, but the one constant that stays is, so my husband provides financially day-to-day everything for the six of us, including Big K, anything Big K needs or wants, he gets it, except for those over and above expenses where that money comes out of that account where the child support goes into. But when I was earning money, I didn't pay my husband's child support, but I did contribute to those over and above costs that we were paying for, for the boys. You know, if Big J had a camp one year and my husband's 
wage had gone to all our bills. So I was like, okay, well, that comes out of my account. You know, we don't have the luxury of being able to pay for those over and above expenses now because we don't have the disposable income. Right. Yeah. I mean, that totally makes sense. So, you know, but I am grateful that I do have a husband that's willing to pay for my my biological son's day-to-day expenses. And yeah, so that that's how we work it. So basically everything's split 50-50, but I don't have an income. So my husband technically pays 100% for everything. Right. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you do an immense amount of work taking care of his kids and your kids every single day. So that's a job in itself and- that should have a paycheck. Exactly. And that's one thing, especially when you know, I first resigned from my job and we made the decision for me to be a stay-at-home mom and we took on the care of the older boys. You know, he really helped me go, you know, you may not be financially contributing to the household because I'd always had my own money. So I really struggled not financially contributing. He's like, but you're doing so much more because of what you've sacrificed. And he said that to me because of what I've sacrificed in my career and my job, it's given him so much more because he does get that time with his sons. And yes, he may be at work for most of the day, but they're at school for most of the day. Right. And he has to come home to them. Exactly. He gets them before school, he gets them after school, and they get that time with their dad. So that's a sacrifice that I've made. And hey, at the same time, it's allowed me to be more involved with Big K's school. I get to go watch him at sports days and everything. And it's allowed me to be at home with Miss K for the past three years. Yeah, that's great. I love that for you for you guys. <laughs> so it is special. And I am very grateful, even though I complain about being at home with a toddler all day. But you yeah. know, it gets tiring at some point. But, oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> and you miss the adult conversation. It's like when um, my friend messaged me and was like, hey, do you want to catch up for coffee? I was like, yes, yes, I do. I don't yeah. care if I have to drive four hours today just so I can have coffee. I'm going to have coffee. Right. That's. I feel the same way because I, I like look forward to these conversations way more than I ever have. And even with like work meetings, I'm like, that's not even fun, but at least I get to speak to an adult. So I'm okay with it. Right. Imagine if you didn't have the adult conversations through work. Yeah. Yeah. That's really hard. See, I guess like, now, I just talk to her all day. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I guess now more than ever, you can relate to the isolation I felt when I first started my page. Because yes. not only was I juggling motherhood and stepmotherhood, but I, I had a baby. Right. It like, is the more isolating than I could have been prepared for. And I wasn't a first time mum, but every baby's different. I said this to you today. Every baby's different. Right. Like I still had no idea what I was doing. She she was very clean and she's obsessed with me. She still is obsessed with me. Like I wake up at 2 a.m. and she's in my bed. Like I never had that with big case. So yeah, I miss those conversations. But we're getting sidetracked talking yes. about motherhood and babies. Let's get back to finances. So I think yes. I summed up how my family handle things. So I summarized all our responses into different categories. So I thought we'd start with statements because we got a really good statement. Yeah. And I bet you that there's more than just one out there. Did you want to read it or do you want me to read it? Uh, Sure, I'll read it. Um, She says, I'm intrigued on the answers here. I'm a new stepmom, full time of three. That is, especially because she says a new stepmom. That's a huge undertaking. Mm -hmm. It really is. Are all three stepkids, do you know, or are some bio kids? I didn't ask, but I'm guessing I'm a new stepmom full-time of three. I'm guessing she's taking on three stepkids full-time. That's how I took it too. That is insane. Good for her. I could not. 
I couldn't have done good, it. Good for her because, you know, I, I love my kids, but I enjoy my break. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> so from that statement, should we go into the questions or should we do the feelings? I feel like the questions work. The order you have here, I think, works really well. All right, let's go to it. So I'll read the first question from our listeners, which is, should childless step-parents pay less around the house? I kind of think it depends on your relationship. And if you do, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Mm -hmm. I think I would have kept paying less if my income hadn't like gone above my husband's so like I'm now making more than him which is why I contribute 50 50 but if Mm -hmm. I if it wasn't as high I think I would still be paying less than he does especially now that his son eats our entire house every time he comes home so it's like groceries that that week are just so much higher than they are when it's just the three of us oh absolutely like we have a 200 dollars a week budget but I sometimes blow out on the week that we have the three boys. Oh, I'm sure. I cannot imagine. I, we got one and he eats so much. I can't imagine with three. <laughs> we did our shopping. So we just had a week without the boys, without Big K, without Big and Little J. And our groceries came in at about, I don't know, 130 bucks. That was for the three of us. And because I'm doing like meal kit food to make sure that I'm eating healthy because I I fast. So I only eat breakfast and lunch and then I fast from 5 p.m. until 6 a.m. So I don't eat dinner. And so my meal kits that I'm getting are about $75. And so the rest was for my husband and Miss Kay and like our coffee and stuff like that. Right. But like I did the shopping leading up to the boys coming home and knowing that they were going to school. So they needed a bit extra and we blew out. It was like $280. Oh my God. Like, and that's, that's shopping at like churches and food banks and discount places and buying things in bulk rather than buying at our regular supermarket. Cause if I bought what I bought at our regular supermarket, it would be like a $500 shop. Oh, wow. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Like kids food snacks. Like I make them a lot of vegetarian dishes because meat is so expensive. Oh yeah, it is. It's everything is getting so expensive. I can make a whole podcast just about how much that pisses me off, honestly. (laughs) But rounding back around, I, like you said, I think it depends on each individual situation. Should I say, like, can I say, should a childless step parent pay less? I don't think I can say that, but I do think that I can say that it is okay if you do. Yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing. You know, and if your partner makes you feel bad about it, he needs to take it up with his baby mama because he's the one who had kids with her. Yeah, and he, in the end, he is responsible for all of his bills, which does mean paying more around the house. So if that's what works for you, I would say go for that. Absolutely. How do blended families handle savings for education for the kids? Kind of lucky because my kids are all in public school. Yeah. I think, oh, it might be different for you guys, but I'm guessing that if she's from the state, she means college. Oh, true. Well, so even like we have university here, but there are like, um, there are government schemes to pay for it and stuff. Or sometimes you end up paying out of pocket. But generally, if you have to pay out of pocket, you just don't go. I know that my brother is an emergency doctor and he did like six years of university and then did med school. And when it came to med school, my parents took out a mortgage on their home to pay for it for him. Oh, gosh. So, And that's my half-brother. Oh, okay. Yeah. So both my biological parents um, helped him pay for it. I 
cannot say on whether his biological mother contributed or not. Right. Are um, student loans as like big of a thing there as they are here where everyone's like crippled by them? Uh, yeah, I still have one and I only did a year of university before I dropped out. But we oh. have a thing here. So you have to earn 50 grand a year before you have to start paying it back. Oh, okay. I didn't go to college, so I don't know what the rules are for that here, but I know that everyone's yeah. like struggling with them. Mine flashes up every tax return. And like every time I do my tax return, it's like, you're declaring that you've got no income, but you have this debt. Do you want your husband to pay it? No, I don't want my no. husband to pay it. <laughs> and when I do his, it's like, um, do you want to pay this debt um, for your spouse? No. No. <laughs> so it just That's sits funny. there. It doesn't gain interest, but they have like, these scheduled fees where it just increases, but it's not interest. Oh, yeah. It sounds exactly like interest. Exactly. But overall for that, I feel like, again, it depends on your situation, which I know isn't helpful at all, but it depends on where you prioritize college to me. Mm -hmm. I don't prioritize college. We're going to have a savings account for her, but it's not going to be specifically for college. And we have one Mm -hmm. for my stepson as well. But it's just for him. It's not necessarily for school. If he wants to use it on school, that's totally fine. But that's what we're doing. So my husband and I have talked about this. And if we're in a better financial position by the time all the kids are in high school, like he really wants to send Miss K to a private school. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. If you can afford it, that's your prerogative. You've had no choice in where to send any of the kids to school. If you want to do that, you can do that. But I did tell him that we're never going to have a say in where the other boys go to school. Right. Yeah. We won't like, either. You know, we we fought and we lost when it came to court. So there's no, no point even bringing up private school with them and they're not going to college. Like they're not going to university. I just, I know that. But I have said to my husband, if we're in a financial position to send Big K to a good private school for high school, I'd really like to do that because not to toot my own horn, but I actually do have a son who he's quite good at school. Like if you were to see his report card for a year three student, it's 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 pretty fantastic. And he has this massive plan at eight years of age. He his big plan is that he's going to become an aeronautical engineer and he's going to work for NASA. Like he's going to move to the States. Oh my god. That's gosh. his dream. Like this, this this is his big dream. So I was like, if he continues down that path, I want to be able to nurture that. Yeah. I want to give him those things. So, you know, if we're in a financial position, my husband's gone, yeah, great, we'll do that because we can, if we're able to do that. And, you know, I know we're a little bit off topic here, but I said, like, when it comes to like doing wills and stuff. And if I was to die before my husband, like I want to make sure that any of my assets are going to help Big K go to university. Right. Yeah, that's fair. And he's very all over that. Like, yes, he's like, I will keep keep him going down the path that he wants to go down. So like, we don't have anything. We haven't really sorted anything out. But I do know that if if we're in the financial position, my husband's going to do it. And he, and this is based on us assuming that Big K's dad is not in the position to pay for those things. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, so, I guess in your situation, you can't totally count on that. Yeah, exactly. And it's just my want for him. And, you know, there's obviously like things like scholarships and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, if we're financially equipped to do it, then I'd like to do it. But yeah, yeah. the older boys, I can't see them going to 
university. So that's not really a concern. And their mum wouldn't let us send them to whatever school we wanted to anyway, even if we were paying for it. Yeah, yeah. All about the control. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Is the general consensus that step parents are required to split 50-50 finances? If not, what does that split look like for blended families? I think we've kind of covered this already, which is basically you do what's right for you. Yeah. Even if like you do a percentage, like if you do the math and figure out like what percentage he should pay over you, then figure that out if you have to. Mm. Like, And I did respond to her. Let me bring up the message. Also, while you're bringing that up, I just want to know if uh, like another thing you could do is like go buy the grocery bill and be like, okay, well, it costs $100 extra when we have the kids. So like you send 100 extra dollars for that week or whatever it is to your shared account. So even if you don't want to like if you're not able to or even if you don't want to cover the stepkids like food and all that, it's not totally necessary. It's whatever works for you. Right. (laughs) Anyway, so my exact response to her was, I think it depends on the individual dynamic and what step parents are wanting to contribute, but no one should ever feel they have to pay for their stepchild. And she did ask another question later down. But I feel like the this response is also valid to this bit. And I said, I guess that's why we are asking these questions to find out if step parents keep their money separate to prevent the resentment that comes with spending money on a child you didn't create. Also, if there are big medical expenses, generally you would be aware of upcoming costs unless it is an emergency. So bio parents should be able to save and plan ahead. And the stepmom responded, it would be good to have that input to see how other families manage what they do. That is a good thing that I didn't even think to mention is I don't contribute to medical. Mm -hmm. So that my husband pays for just out of his money. But Mm -hmm. let's just say something happened. Let's say, because I know you guys have insurance and stuff, your health system works differently. Let's say T needed emergency surgery and your husband didn't have the money. Would you pay for it? Um, If I had the money, I guess I would. (laughs) That's what I mean. Like, so if your husband didn't have the money, but you had the money. Yeah, I would probably would. Um, most of that would probably, I would probably do it just so bio mom didn't constantly ask us for the money, but because um, she does mm-hmm. that. But I would, I would help him. And that, that's what I mean. Like these are things. It's like, do you plan for it? Do you, you know, do you help out? It depends on the situation, right? Like in your case, the scenario I just gave you, it was emergency surgery. Let's say hypothetically braces, non-urgent, something that needs to be done, in my personal opinion, because we're currently going through it. And I said to my husband, we can't afford that right now. So either we get a, a separate quote for something cheaper, like a cheaper option, or we don't do it. Right. Even the dentist has told us it's not necessary. Like you can straighten the teeth. You don't have to correct the bite. It's all really cosmetic at this point. So we've gone, and my husband's in agreement. He's like, I'd like to be able to do it, but financially we can't do it right now. So let's put it on the back burner. Right. But then at the same time, I know that Big K has braces coming up. So I'm banking the child support to be able to pay for that. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So, and I get it. My husband doesn't receive child support. He pays for child, like he pays the child support. So is it unfair if we don't get braces for the older two, but we get braces for big K? I know. That that is not, only, and that's that money's not coming there. out of our joint finances. Right. That money's coming solely out of what's being contributed. Is there anything in your court order that talks about like medical stuff? No. Okay. That's hard. Ours so, is that we pay 40% by a mom pays 60% <laughs> because she makes so much more money. 
So we we asked the question with child support and they said if it's medically necessary, then our bio mom can put in a claim of child support to increase the child support to counteract the difference. But at the same time, if we if so we have the evidence that it's not medically necessary, that it's cosmetic. Okay. So that's tick against child support aren't going to make us pay for it. And tick to the fact that we're seeking cheaper quotes. Okay. So, yeah. So if Biomum was to go ahead with the the large quote that we've just received, that we've openly said we can't afford, we're happy to look for alternative options, then that becomes solely on her. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. But if if it came back that it was medically necessary, then that would be a different story and she could lodge with child support. But yeah, we've already had um, our dentist confirm that it's just cosmetic at this point. So we're not in a do or die situation. Whereas right. when it comes to when it comes to big K needing braces, yes, I've already told his dad that he will need braces and I'm hoping that he will pay for half. But at the end of the day, I can't force him to, right? Yeah. So But you could you could go for more child support, right? Cor- or is it still correct. just cosmetic? Well, it depends on what ends up happening with his teeth. Okay. So it, if, if it's just cosmetic and I choose to pay for that out of my banked money that I've purposely been putting aside for that, then that falls on me. But like the night guard, then I could lodge that because that's medically necessary. Right. Because okay, otherwise he'd end sense. up losing his teeth. So they're the different aspects that impact it here. Okay. That makes sense. So. Okay, I'm going to redo the next one so we can keep mm-hmm. it moving. Um, yeah. Teens driving and insurance with an extreme high-conflict bio mom. Keep the car at our house only. So oh, I responded that's... to this one. <laughs> okay. Because really we already do. have a plan. We already have a plan. Oh. So uh, we're not buying cars for all the kids. No. They can buy their own car. However, we we've just recently sold my car to buy a cheaper car and to buy my husband a secondhand car. So Big J is three years away from getting his learner's permit. Okay. And so four years away from being able to get his license. And our plan is that the current secondhand car that we have, we will keep it for him, even if we upgrade our cars, whatever, if we get into a better financial position, we'll keep that car for him. But that car will be registered in our name insured under our name he'll be listed as a nominated driver and it will go on for the other boys as well okay but that car is only to be used while they're in our house i definitely get that so we'll pay for it they pay for the fuel that goes in it when they're driving it they can use it to drive to their friend's house drive it to school but it stays at our house so if they want access to the car they stay at our house that makes sense and and that's not a um manipulative tactic it's about this is actually our possession that we're allowing them to use and i mean she's more than welcome to buy them a car if she wants them to be able to come and go from her house as they please too so and exactly and the same for big k's dad he's you know more than welcome to do that as well but that's just what we're doing for the boys that's what i said to this stepmom like you know i'm I'm assuming insurance and stuff works similar between our countries like you have the like the insurance policy holder and then you can have nominated drivers yeah teen boys cost a lot supposedly Mm -hmm. t is nowhere close to driving age yet and i'm definitely not ready for him to be but um so we haven't thought about that at all yet but i am sure that bio mom will buy him a car and pay his insurance so we probably won't even have to worry about that he'll probably get a brand new car from her (laughs) 
Well, good on him. Like, I feel like if parents are in the position to do it, then oh, do she's it. Not. She just spends money. Like, she just needs to have all like this brand new stuff. That's like, okay. Her thing. Well, that's yeah, more she... for her. And I guess, you know, that teaches her to raise an entitled child. Not mm-hmm. that I'm calling your stepson entitled, but yes, you yeah. know. Yeah. But yeah, for us, we're, we're pro like, we haven't actually told Big J that this is the plan and that this car is going to be his car. We're still in the process of you bank the money you get for your birthday, you bank the money you get for Christmas, right. and you save for a car. And when you get That's a job, what? it's going to add to that. So we're teaching him that. But at least then he's going to have money and he's going to have savings. So, you know, when it comes time to, you know, when he's past that learner driver stage and he's out of school and he's got a real good job, and he can buy a car, he's got some savings and he can right. use it for a car or a house. And we're doing that for all three boys, not just Big J. I'm just saying him because he's the closest. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's what that's where we'll be with her too. Like we have no we all had to buy our own cars. Me and my husband both did. Mm-hmm. We never had our parents buy one. So we'll have her buy her own car too, but also probably help her a little bit just so she has savings and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Because I went into my adult world with no savings at all. Um, so I don't want her to do that because I it's hard. <laughs> I had savings, then got into a relationship and blew all the savings. And I regret it because I had enough money for like a deposit on like a two bedroom unit. And then I bought an ice cream van instead. Oh, no. So poor life choices when girls meet boys. Yes, I know. That's why I'm like with her too. I'm like, no, you are not falling for some (laughs) stupid boy. (laughs) Uh, And my parents tried to tell me, but hey, you know what? Everything that I went through led me to where I am now. And I'm in a better position now with my life experiences and out of everything that I went through, I have the children that I have, which are children that I never thought I was going to have. Right. So I can't complain too much, right? Right. And I mean, it doesn't matter if your parents started to tell you or not, because at that age, it would have just pushed me further if my parents started to tell me not to do something. Absolutely. So <laughs> the next one is the only other, the only thing other than the kids we argue about is money. How do you do it all? I think... This is like a fact that money is the number one thing couples argue about. So I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of people have that struggle. We don't argue about money too much now that everything is so like mainstreamed. Um, mm-hmm. But there was a time where we argued about money a lot. Our problem is we argue about money is when Karen asks for money yeah. on top of her child support and we don't have it. Yeah. I don't know or- why me and my husband argue about that too, even though we shouldn't be arguing. Yeah, but that's what we argue about. Or when I've got an expense for Big K and it's one of the agreed expenses that his father will pay half of and I wait six months to be reimbursed. Oh. And, like, that money goes back into that child support account, right? Right. So it's like, but at the end of the day, my husband's, like, looking at the future going, every cent you don't get back is a cent taken off being able to buy him braces or whatever else he needs. That's true, yeah. So that's so hard. (laughs) So let's swing into some listener feelings because we've been carried away and off tangent a bit. So the first one we got was fear combining in case X decides she wants child support, don't want my money going to her. So I think we covered that early on. Yeah. And again, it depends on where you are, but as long as you're not combining actual bank accounts, it probably won't be affected. Yeah. They can't legally take your money for a kid that's not yours. Exactly. And that's the same here in Australia. 
Right. So So the next one is sometimes I feel like some things like medical or big purchases should be paid for by the bio parent, but realistically it comes out of shared funds because then they can't contribute to XYZ while paying for a big purchase. I feel either way it's 50-50. And that's true. And I did respond to this one. This is the one where I responded like big expenses, bio parents should be able to plan for it. Yeah. Right. And like in your case where you have to have insurance and stuff in the States, like surely that's going to come out first, right? Or maybe even those expenses, maybe you could make those expenses come out of your spouse's income before the the money gets shared. Yes. I think that's that's another way of looking at it. Like go, okay, this is what, so you go, okay, so this is bio dad's income. Bio dad needs this amount of money to support child or children that goes aside and then the rest gets combined. And maybe that's how you work 50-50. Yeah. I think that's really good advice. So, and then these are just some tips from some of our listeners, which are how they split their finances, which is um, the first one is separate bank accounts, but pay everything 50-50. That's exactly what we do. And like I said, it's situational. You know, if you want to pay 60-40, 30-20, 30-20 doesn't make sense. (laughs) I was going to say, wait, what? That's only 50%. 60-40. 30, 40, 70, 30 is what I meant. So, but maybe that's where you come down to. If you don't want to pay half of everything, you go, okay, so this is my spouse's income. You subtract off what it costs to raise his child or children. And then even if you've got biocasies own, like you go, okay, income, child's like how much it costs to support the child, including the child support in that. And same for you if you've got bio kids of your own and then you pull what's left over and then you pay the rest of the household incomes off that. Like there's ways to figure it out. Yeah. You could definitely get fancy with the math if you, if you want to, and I've done it. So no shame in that. Exactly. You do what you got to do, right? Right. The, the child has, did we read that one? No, we didn't. Right. No. Okay. No, we haven't. The child has a bank account. Expenses for the child's needs are calculated and split 50-50. Each fortnight, each parent deposits budgeted amount into child's account. That sounds really good, but I'm guessing that's for like big expenses, not day-to-day living, like food and clothes. and. Yeah. It, to me, it sounds like that's like the kid's bank account to be used for other stuff. Similar similar to like what I do with big case child support. Right. Um. Which is what his father and I had originally agreed upon. Like we'd put money into his bank account and that would be his money. And then I was the only one contributing to it. So that's when I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that anymore. And I'll just bank what I get for child support. Yeah, that's fair. Because so, that way he can't spend it on other stuff too. Right. You're, and it's you're like, at- like we have the agreement, like bio parents here, I'm talking between myself and my son's father, is that the agreement is that he pays child support and he has always said that his child support that he's assessed at is so minimal compared to the actual cost of our son. So he has right. always agreed to pay half of over and above expenses. Obviously, I might sound like a nasty, bitter baby mama here, but obviously when his new partner came into the picture, things changed and she didn't agree with that. His perception changed. So he agrees to pay the cost of once annually, school uniforms, school shoes, school books, uh, one extracurricular activity per calendar, no, per term and one camp per calendar year. 
Okay. So I could technically come at him and in that was included excursions, but the excursions that I've had to pay for big K are only like 20, 30, $50. So I just, and some of them are only like 10 or $20. So I just pay for them myself rather. I'd rather hold out and ask him for the big ticket items to help me pay for. Yeah. That makes so sense. I guess, I guess that's another way. And it depends how the bio parents are splitting finances and what the bio parents agree on and talking about big ticket items. And next one is always discuss big ticket items, prioritize a trip with just your husband as much as possible I love that yes I love it too it's like my husband and I going away without the three boys we took them on vacation last year we did the big Fijian trip this year we're going away we do have Miss K with us because we couldn't sink a babysitter Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's also important to go away with your ours baby as well and you should feel guilty for that especially if you're in situations with high conflict where like I know you love to travel and you're not even allowed to take your stepson interstate right you can't feel guilty about taking your daughter interstate right and that's something I've thought about especially because my family lives out of state so Mm -hmm. it's like we have to take her at some point And like, you could still ask, you can go, hey, look, we're doing a family trip. We're going to introduce the baby to Lauren's family. We'd really like to take tea. Worst case scenario, she says no. Right. Yeah, we do ask. She always says no. She And she probably will always say no. But at the end of the day, when tea grows up and goes, why didn't you take me? You go, well, we asked. Your mom said no. Here's the receipts if you want to look at them. I know. We save all like screenshots like that into a Google um, photo album for like court purposes. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, we'll have the receipts. It's really funny because Big J's actually been asking for proof of receipt. Really? Yeah. I think he's at that age. And when he sees it, he goes, hmm. And so I think he's finally seeing who the problem is. Right. That's great that he's getting there on his own. And it's like, we, we don't intentionally tell him, like we tell him, like there's there's evidence of this stuff if you want to see it. We don't shove it down his throat. Right. And it's like next week. So you know how like I take him to football training every week, even when he's not with us. And then my husband drives him home on the nights that he's got to go back to his mum. Next week, he my husband has a work function. So he said to Big J, like, if you want to go to footy training, you either need to, like, you need to put your big boy pants on. You need to either tell your mum she needs to pick you up or you're staying here. And he goes, well, I want to go to football. So I guess I'm telling her I'm staying here. Oh, because because he knows she won't pick him up. Right. Right. That's so, so sad. It is sad, but he's realizing on his own. Yeah, that's great. Um, Especially because he's so young. Well, he's getting older. He's 13 now. I didn't realize that my mom was the problem until I was in my 20s. But your parents weren't separated yet. Yeah, you're right. I think that makes a huge difference too. I know. So the fact that your parents were still together, you weren't really aware of the problem. Right. So We um, do a mix of bills each. I'm on a third or less the amount of money he is, so mine's less. Then I'm told I don't contribute. Oh, well, that's not fair. That's nasty. That's just plain up nasty. Yeah. Um. And that's coming from someone who doesn't financially contribute to the household. But I mean, if especially if she doesn't have bio kids, it's really not her responsibility. It's not. Like, you know, let's say that there's four in the house, right? Husband, right. Mrs., two kids. They're his kids. She's only responsible for a quarter of the bills. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, to say she doesn't contribute is like, even if it's true, it's that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially she's saying she's on a third of what he is. So I'm guessing he's quite a high income earner. Right. So it makes sense for the high income earner to pay more. Of course. Like, it definitely does. I, 
I know when I was in a relationship with Big K's father, I contributed more to the finances because I earned more, but I still expected him to pay half of certain bills, especially there were like bills that he wanted or bills for our son. I was like, you know, you can contribute half of these because otherwise I was paying for it all solely and he had a free ride. Right. And our finances were not combined because of what I'd just been through prior to being with him. Right, right. So, and then the last one, I didn't actually have time to Google what the snowball method was, but I'm guessing it's like paying things off. I think I know what that is. I think it's, I think, don't quote me on this, but I think it's when, like, say you have four credit cards, you pay the one that has the highest interest first, you pay Mm -hmm. that off and then like go from there, like put them in order. So instead of paying on them all equally, you make minimum payments and then right to pay to pay off like the biggest debt first, basically, or whatever the has highest the highest interest. interest pay. Yeah. Let me sp- let me Google that really quick so that I'm not giving false right. information. Okay. Well, while you're Googling it, I'll read it. Any debt pay off in the snowball method, then stay out of debt. But speaking of that, even without knowing what the snowball method is, should you have to pay your spouse's debt that they were in before you got into a relationship? Uh, I, we don't. I, didn't, I came into our relationship with no debt. And my husband came into it with a fair amount of debt because he went through divorce. Um, I don't pay his debt. He wouldn't pay mine either, though, if I had it. So so we came into our relationship with no debt. But when I was with Big K's father, I came into the relationship with debt. He didn't have debt. He wasn't working, but he had no debt. But I had debt. Like I said, I was working to get myself out of a hole. I solely paid for that. I paid off my business loans. I paid off my personal loans. I never expected him to pay a cent towards that. Even when I was on maternity leave and I was getting um, minimum payments from the government, I was using that to pay my debts off. I never asked him for a cent. That makes sense. I mean, I do feel like everyone's responsible for their own debt personally. Yeah, you should (laughs) never, unless you're in in a position to pay someone's debt and you want to pay someone's debt, you shouldn't have to pay someone's debt. Yeah. If I was a millionaire, I would pay off my husband's debt in a second. But since I'm not, that's his responsibility. But I was wrong. So I'm going to- Okay. I was going to say, if I was a millionaire, I'd pay my husband's ex-wife to not come at us for any more money. Oh my God. I would be like, here's- I'd give her a lump sum payment. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Don't ask me again for a cent. (laughs) I would do the exact same. (laughs) I was wrong about the snowball method, so I'm glad I Googled it. It's paying your smallest debt first and then going up higher. So I don't know what what I was talking about is called, but this is just- Paying the smallest debt, then move on to the next smallest debt, repeat until all your debt is paid off. But in saying that, so we had two credit cards going at the same time, one with low interest, one with high interest. The one with high interest was our smallest debt. So we were paying, but we were paying that one off first. So it just, it also depends. Like, I think the way that you see it as well is also like, we let the other credit card get out of control and go higher and higher and higher right. because we're focused on paying the one with the higher interest, but it was our lower debt. So, right. There's all different methods. <laughs> I like what you said too. So, anyway, we're out of time. We have a grizzly baby that I just want to pinch cheeks on. I will meet you one day, probably when you're a grown adult. And I'm thankful that my toddler didn't come out of her room tonight. I know. She did great. (laughs) So let's wrap it up there. Thanks, everyone, for joining us again for another episode of Raising His Kids. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We're now on Threads. So come join us on the stepmom side of Threads and leave us a review wherever you like to listen. And we'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.